Hey everyone out there, it's Stefan Angelini from Investor Types. Thanks again for tuning in with me. Now, in times of volatile markets, everyone thinks about wanting to day trade, wanting to get into a stock quickly and get out the next day. Some people do it based on fundamentals that they're a good business. What we're talking about today with Santo Sirace is how he uses patterns in order to trade stocks. So not actually looking too much at the fundamentals of business, but more on the patterns, both with stocks and in foreign exchange. So it's quite a complex thing. Not many people can do it. Um, and it's a very risky strategy. So if you're thinking of maybe trying to day trade, it would be a really good episode for yourself. But one thing I wanna stress is that this is not personal financial advice. This is only general information. So if you're thinking about doing something like this and want to know if it's valid to yourself, go and reach out to your own financial planner. Other than that, if you have any questions for me, reach out to me at stefan at investortypes.com. Feel free to leave a comment below. I look forward to hearing from you. Let's get into it. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for tuning into another episode of Investor Types, where we sit down with business owners, business managers, or investors or best of class investors to find out who they are, how they do what they do, and hopefully just to get some ideas for our own portfolios or for what we want to do. Um, now this, this episode, we're focusing on something a little bit different for all you share traders out there, or for all you people that try to run their own share portfolio and are interested in day trading, or not really looking at shares from a long-term perspective, but more looking at shorter term trading. This is a real episode for you. So um, something where you don't rely on income. It's purely just a growth strategy and getting in and out as fast as possible. Um, and this is quite an interesting story. So Santos Sorace, I hope I pronounced that well. I'll try to put on my Italian accent, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So, Santos used to, be, uh, used to be a sparky. So he used to be an electrician. So he used to play with data and cables all the time. But now he trades off data, which is a little bit different. And he's a day trader. So Santos, thanks for coming with me, man. How you going? Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me as well. Uh, this is exciting. Mate, I'm really so well. And these, in these conditions, I'm really well. I mean, everyone's sort of locked at the moment. Yeah, but it, it's, it sort of works well for a day trader because you're just stuck indoors and you don't have to go outside. So, <laughs> and you get to play off massive levels of volatility, which I hate. That's right. And my clients hate in these sort of, hate these volatile markets, but mate, yeah, could be a winner. But first, it's off, a day trading, right? So everyone, everyone, as you're growing up, everyone hears about day trading. You know, I want to try and day trade. This stock's at a great valuation. I want to get in now, make a good five percent on it, and then just get out and just keep doing that. I'm Correct. a bit different. I focus on long-term because you know, I see a good company. I like it. I think it's going to grow over the long-term and I'm in it and I stay in it because I'm a, long, I'm a long-term investor. Day trading is a bit different. But what I want to know from you is, can you explain to me, so what is day trading or short-term trading? And even in that space, who are your main competitors? Yeah, so short-term trading is you know holding any sort of position for, let's say, morning, you might close it during the end of the session. You might hold it for a few days. You're not really, you're generally not holding it for more than one or two weeks, right? Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. the way I see short-term day trading. Uh, depending on the market, you've got to adapt with the market. There could be a trending market where you may hold a swing trade for two or three or four days. But in a volatile market like the way it is now, I'm sort of, I've half-sized most of my positions. I'm not mm. trading as aggressively mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm trading intraday where I'm in in the morning. I'm out drinking maybe the afternoon for equities. I might hold a Forex trade overnight, maybe on a Monday or a Tuesday. I don't dare hold one over a weekend mm -hmm. and we can go through that as a horror story later on. But that's, that's basically 
short-term trading. And in terms of competitors, with, and as you said, as an investor, you're buying a really good business or, you know, something that's performed in the past and you may hold it for weeks, months, years. And short-term trade doesn't work like that. Where you are up against traders, institutions, fund managers, algorithms, market makers, you're, you're against, it's literally the world against you. And a retail trader is, I like to say, is like a rogue where you're jumping on, if you're good enough, you'll jump on the on the wave of this yes. big institution money. Yes. You're a pirate. You're really a pirate. You're taking on their money and you're gonna you're gonna hopefully sell when they're out as well. And that's what I sort of look for in a in a market. I look for patterns and in institution money. I'll jump on the wave and I'm out. I might scalp their I might scalp their position to be honest. That's what I do. Santa the pirate. So, so how do you, how do you yeah. look at, when you're day trading, how do you find out when an institution's about to get in? Yeah, so there's two types. So equities and forex work a little bit differently. So as you know, a business is an equity. It's, it's, it's in their best interest to do better than they did the, day, the year before. They're, they're a growing business. Mm -hmm. Forex is a range-bound market. Let's say the Australian dollar, let's say the bottom is 60, you know, at the moment, maybe 63, 64 cents. It may hit a top of 71. Will it go higher than 71 the next couple of months? Probably not. Mm -hmm. But there's a range there, right? So we can trade and look for patterns in that range where there may be institutions buying at extremes or selling at extremes or buying or whatever. And we look for a pattern or I'll look for a pattern that I've found over time with some data inputs and I will take that trade or, or ride that wave. Equities, I'm using more news reports. So I might look at earnings, um, you know, any, any sort of news event that may come out in the morning and I may just take that drive in the morning as it opens, but I'm normally out within, you know, the next, for, for next couple of hours I'm, I'm out of it. So yeah, they're two different plays. You've got to be risky and confident to do that. Very risky, very confident. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Is, so you used to be a Sparky. I was, yeah. Uh, an electrician for all you, all you, all of you out there that don't. I was. Aspect trade. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I was an electrician, so yeah. How did, you, how did you first pick up your passion for trading, both forex and and equity? Yeah, it started. And actually, look, equities actually started back in year eleven and twelve. We had a a, a school that offered accounting as a as a, a class mm -hmm. as a. Um, as an elective mm -hmm. and one of the assignments in the accounting elective was the share market game mm -hmm. and I played that you know, yeah yeah oh <laughs> a lot of a lot of BHP yeah. BHP killed me BHP yeah the next year did 30% I was spewing yeah. yeah it's always when you're not in, it's always when you're not in it yeah so that's what we, we one of the assignments was to play the ASX game yep. even though I was terrible at it yep. we learned some basics about PE ratios EPS like the our, you know teacher would show us some really basics mm -hmm. and we'd just try and perform and then at the end of the month or the end of the assignment you have to write about your findings and and and, and whatnot and I loved doing that that was like one of my favorite subjects mm -hmm. and I thought accountants were um, I thought accountants were stock traders. That's what they were. Okay. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, fast forward. Um, that was where the passion sort of started. Yeah. I became a Sparky after school. And uh, it was maybe 2015. I, I got a job over overseas. And I thought I'd better buy some reading material. And 
I bought Rich Dad Poor Dad and a couple other really good books, and that mm-hmm. sort of ignited the passion for um, investing again. Yeah. We'll say the we'll say the word investing because that's what I was doing back then. I was um, <laughs> buying and holding until I hoped it got better, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, with no education. But that's what it was back um, back then. But that's where it sort of started, and then from then it just snowballed into where I am now. And then you started getting into more pattern and trend trading. Yeah, that was uh, pattern and trend trading started in 2018, uh, in, the, in the start of 2018. So as I said before that, 2015 and 16 were um, punting pretty much on the share market. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd, I'd be right, you know, I was working away back then, I'd, I'd write on a piece of paper what went up 20% today and then, or what went down 20% today, and the next day I'd quickly jump in and buy it based on um, big volatility uh-huh. and it wasn't, it wasn't smart at all. Uh, it was right. quite dangerous. Uh, it was a lot, a lot of, no, no, no real research behind it besides no, this is no be, research. Go no, yeah. That's right. No research. And it was a lot of punting. It was punting. It was, it was, it was a hundred percent gamble and yeah. it was mainly uh, penny, like, you know, really small cap stocks. So, you know, nothing really over 50, 50 million in market cap. So it was extremely high risk mm-hmm. and, you know, Pretty much, yeah. Anyway, that was the start of it. And then in 2017, I sort of said, no, I've got to stop doing that, read more books, educate, and that's what I've done from then. And then 2018, I completely did a 180 and changed. Yeah, mate, that's so interesting. But you worked in some interesting places. Like you worked in Nauru. Um, you, were, you were fly yeah. in, fly out. Yeah, both fly in, fly out. Um, Nauru was, uh, I was a maintenance electrician over there. Uh-huh. For anyone who doesn't know where Nauru is, just uh, just pop it in Google. It's in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Uh, that was a fantastic experience. Um, being away from home was uh, was quite hard, but it gave me a lot of, uh, it gave me the ability to do what I wanted to do, and that was study and, and trade because it was a three weeks on, three weeks off roster. So when I was back at home, I was, dedicating every second of my time to, to, to learning and trading and testing, um, back testing all sorts of stuff. And then while I was there, you know, we finished at 6 p.m. and I was straight in the books at night till, you know, till I went to sleep and it was repeat. And, and anyone that was there could probably vouch that they probably never really saw me at night. <laughs> yeah, so I've <laughs> got a few clients who, who are flying fly out or who, who are, and who are, who are miners um, or that works, work in the mines. And they said that when you're over there, you, you, you pretty much only talk about investing, right? So you talk about you do, yeah. cars, shares, property, but most of them are property. And most people yeah, they are. Trades, I know property. So what made, you, what made you different? What made you go away from the curve? Instead of property, you go, nah, shares, day trading, forex. Yeah. Oh, look, I was interested in property. I've always still yeah. been interested in any investment. But uh, it was it, when I was at Barrow and WA, which is a gas plant, um, a lot of the guys, it was, it was literally, it was property, um, shares, or you know how how much of a multi could you win on yeah, NBA or um, or NFL? Yeah, yeah, it's proper punting. Uh, luckily, I wasn't really involved with any. I was never interested in sports bet or anything like that. Um, you know, I'd have a laugh with multis, but I never really got into it. Um, property, I had a fond interest with property, but with property, there's a I guess there's a high margin of you need you need you need a lot of capital to get into that market. Mm-hmm. And when shares, you can get into the market with you know as little as you know couple hundred bucks yeah so there was an, an avenue more towards shares through yeah, yeah. just through the, the capital side of it more than anything even though i yeah do i have a fond interest of property it was a capital thing back then that one drove me about, towards shares one thing i love about shares is that it, it's flexible it's liquid you can pull money out you can put money in quickly if you want to do continual reinvestments that easy um, but if you buy yeah. a property that you're locking down your 20 percent deposit and you're not getting that out until you sell the thing 
exactly until the right. equity goes up anyway. But until it goes up, yeah. So you can invest little bits of money in shares, and but what you do is the way you trade. So you trade off patterns and trends. That's Correct. the way you do your day trading. Can you explain to me a bit more around what what a, what's pattern and trend trading? I, I get it, yep. um, but a lot of listeners listeners out there wouldn't. Yeah. Okay. For sure. So. As you said, trend trading, pattern trading, they can work together as well. It's not like they're different. They act, you can find patterns in trends, but let's just define a trend. So a trend is, and depending on the time frame you're looking at, is a series of higher highs and higher lows in a bem, in a bull, sorry bullish market, mm-hmm. and lower lows and lower highs in a bearish market. Is that so, over like weekly, yearly? Yep. So if we're looking, let's just say, let's look at a daily chart. Yep. And that a daily chart would be every 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 bar on a daily chart represents one day. Mm-hmm. It may be a month worth of high, you know higher highs and higher lows could define a trend. There's definitions of what a, how to define a trend. I just visually see higher highs and higher lows over a period of time, and I'll you know respect to the time frame, and that's a trend. Right? So I'd call that volatility. So the more it goes up and the more it goes down, is essentially the market going up and down, or that share price going up and down. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Yep. So higher highs and higher lows. So we're, we're creating higher troughs and higher peaks. Mm-hmm. So that would be a trend. Yep. Right. Vast fist for a bear. So and then there's pattern trading, which it could be you know, and there's a lot of a lot of good books on patterns. So you know, it could be wedges or um, uh, flags, uh, head and shoulders reversals, which is you know you find them at the top of trends and then inverted head and shoulders at the bottom of trends, which mm-hmm. you know signifies a, a trend a trend change or trend lines and, and whatnot. There's a lot of different um, uh, ways to trade a pattern. So you can find a pattern in a trend. You, you may have a higher highs, higher lows where you get a slight pullback, which pre- presents some sort of continuation flag pattern for more upside. You may want to take a break where it breaks out with volume and you may want to take that. That's what a trend or a pattern trade is. Oh. Now, the Patterns that I trade are a little bit different to those. They're just ones that I found over time from, as I said, I used to put a lot of time into this. So I would pull up thousands of charts and draw every single picture I could find on mm-hmm. a chart and then data, put that on an Excel spreadsheet and data, get all the data points of that and then find different highs and lows and find an edge. And that's how you find edge is when you, you find patterns in a, in a chart that present more times than not. Or if they oh. present 50 or 60% of the time, and they're winning trades, that's an edge. Yep. So I would look for that. Uh, and again, look at different markets, foreign exchange versus equities. We're looking at equities. I would trend trade that one, where if things are breaking new highs and breaking or breaking new lows, let's say it's breaking new highs, I might want to take positions to appreciate greater in price because we're breaking highs, it's a bullish signal. So let's, so let's, just, let's just, on that, so the way you trade Aussie equities, so let's say they yep. might break a high. And what that means is they might break a certain share price they've never been to before. Stock that trades at, normally trades at $15 and all of a sudden it gets to 20 bucks. And that's, that would be breaking a high? Yeah. So let's say historically the high price was $15 mm-hmm. and it ticked past, you know, 15.02, let's say three months later. Mm-hmm. And it presented some sort of consolidation. As I said, a continuation pattern or a flag it could break and, and create another new high, which could be, you know, it could be $16 or mm-hmm. 70. It could be a multiple of what's happened in the past. It could be a hundred percent multiple of its last range or okay. yep. you know, if it, that makes, if that sort of makes sense. So what that would be trend trading. Yep. You buy so that'd a, be a trend trade. It'd be like a dip. So let's say, 
Yeah, you'd buy it at a, at a drop. Let's say you drew a trend line or it was sitting on some sort of 50, um, uh, 50 period moving average. You'd, you'd just buy it, right? And you'd swing that up because you're in a bullish market. Or this is classified as a bullish market. Yeah. Pattern trading is a little bit different for foreign exchanges. As I said, it's range bound. So you're finding patterns in different ranges or extremes. You might, you know, as I said, Australian dollar might hit 71 cents. That's the extreme of the month. It might be the high of the month. I'm not going to go long to break that high. I'm actually going to look for a reversal there. Oh, so, this so is with your forex trading, yeah, this is a little bit different. Yeah, so would you say that with trend, forex trading, the um, the pattern and trend trading is a lot is a lot easier to adapt to foreign exchange? Uh, look, I or as I said before, in it? no. Look, as I said before, the the stock market is like we're we're naturally built to see green and things go up we like to things to go up in value i do so yeah. naturally yeah so naturally <laughs> we're because we're built that way when something's trading at a premium or saying at, at a point of value sorry not a premium at a point of value we say oh my god this is half price so yep. we buy it yeah it could be a share it could be like a car mm -hmm. shares are the same way if bhp was trading at 30 dollars and now it's trading at 15 dollars like it was a few years ago you don't really, a lot of people don't even really care about the fundamentals. They're like, oh my God, BHP is $15. It's half price. <laughs> so they buy. Yeah. Foreign exchange, if, you know, the Australian dollar is 70 cents and then now it drops to 70, uh, 68 cents, no one's saying, oh, geez, that's value because that doesn't mean anything. That could keep on going to 65, 64, mm -hmm. 63, depending on the economy's going. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there are different ways to trade those different markets, if that makes sense. You need to adapt to both of them in a different way. So how do you trade Forex? What do you look for in that, yep. in that space? Yep. So with Forex, with okay, equities, we're trend trading. We're looking, we're, we're trading with the trend. With Forex, we're trading the extremes. So let's say we have the Australian dollar at 65 cents and that's the monthly high. That's the highest price it's been for the month. Mm -hmm. And that price also has hit a high of January. So we've hit two highs now. Mm -hmm. I'm now looking for a particular two particular actually two particular patterns that will fail that level and create the reversal. And it will say fall in price where I might take a short. Short is taking a sell on a on a product mm -hmm. where you capitalize on it while it goes down in value. Yep. And that's what I'm I'm looking for extremes in Forex where it may trend for three or four days mm -hmm. and I want to take the other end of it to go the other way. Okay. So they're different ways of trading. And then these, these are still short term. All short term. They might, the, the longest I'll hold a Forex trade now is maybe two or three days, right. uh, regardless of the market. You can't, uh, do, this the them, you can't do this no, you as a psychic. You can't do this as a psychic, can you? No, you've got to be on it. You need and to be on it. And you, when you're working full time, you're doing this all at night time. Yeah, that's why it was really hard in 2018 because it was the, the, the Forex market's highest liquidity is, you know, after 5, 6 p.m. our time when the U.S. and European U.K. markets open. So ideally, you want to be on the computers at about 8 p.m. So anyone that does, it actually works really well for people that do work full-time because if you have no commitments at night, hmm. you work full-time, you make your living, and you can practice on the Forex market at night. So it's actually a great, we're actually in a lucky yeah. Um, place in the, on the, in the globe for that reason. I mean, if you wanted to trade the ASX, you need to quit your job because if you want to trade your ASX intraday, ten to four, ten to four. <laughs> <laughs> <10 to> four. <laughs> but you you need to commit to it during the day. So it's very hard unless you've got a night job. So forex markets actually 
it's it's a great place to learn, but it's very volatile. Mm. It's got I think five point four trillion dollars in liquidity per day traded. So to get in and out of a market's very easy. Yeah. You, you never have an issue getting out of the market. But um, yeah, they're different. So when were you able to you've done this you've been doing this for four or five years now? When mm. were you able to leave your job just to focus on day trading full time? That's yeah. what most people want to get to. That's right, yeah. And it's a, it's, a, it's a long journey and a tough one as well. So yeah. 2000, you know, all that study working away, I came back, I, I ended up joining a, um, a broker just to learn about the insides of, uh, of the financial industry. And then after that, I said, okay, I'm ready to take this seriously again. And because, you know, I, <laughs> I gambled it in the beginning. So I spoke to a friend of mine who had just started up his own business, who I got to thank a lot um, for what he has done for me in the past. And I went on with him full uh, part-time as a Sparky. So Tuesday, Thursday, and some Saturdays if he needed my help. Mm-hmm. That allowed me to focus on trading Monday, Wednesday, Friday, while also making a part-time income because I had a little a young family. Mm-hmm. So that was all 2019. That allowed me to build all the structure, the, method, the methodical um, journals that I put through, uh, the calculators that I've got, every, pretty much everything that I do is now structured in a way that uh, gives me the best, best possibility to make money, right? Mm-hmm. So that was 2019, part-time. And at the end of 2019, I told Michael, listen, 2020, this is the year and uh, I'm going to go full-time. And it just... <laughs> just so happened that it was right before the bushfires and right before Corona of COVID-19. <laughs> Not a good <laughs> Which, time. Yeah. It's look, it's a, a good time for volatility, but it wasn't ideal. Like you, you know, people, anyone that's working at the moment sort of, it's a good position to be in if you've got a full-time job and working because, um, uh, yeah, a lot of, lot, lot, unfortunately, a lot of people are not able to work at the moment. So right. you're in 2020, you set yourself up to go and do it if you needed to. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was ready to, I was ready to do it. So I was ready to do it anyway. And it, you know, we started up in 2020, which was full time and, you know, been doing it ever since. And there's a, there is a horror story in there, uh, which we can go through later. Uh, sadly it was because of, uh, what's happening, but so, yeah, it was 2020 so full time. What, what, what has been one of the horror stories with, with day trading that you've seen? And it, this started, this sort of stuff scares me big time. Right? Yeah. Because I'm a long-term guy. If it goes down, I'm like, I believe, I believe, I believe it will go back up. <laughs> tell, tell me about some of your horror stories. What happens in this sort of market? Yeah. So, like, 2019 was a great year. You know, we, I was pretty much offsetting all my losses from the first two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was great. It was a really, really successful year. And then 2020 hit. And just to paint it, like, a, I'll try to explain this best I can. So, it, it came from the Forex market, which is where I'm probably most confident. and it slowed down in December and January where I think a lot of the liquidity and volume dropped off over Christmas. So mm. I pulled away from the Forex market and then I went to the, that's why I started um, really getting into the um, ASX in January yep. for two reasons. One, it allowed me to spend more time with the kids at night. Um, but two, the volatility wasn't as crazy there. Yep. Uh, then February, I noticed the Forex market started to pick up again. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start doubling again. I should have gone half pace. I should have used half positions and got a feel of the market. Instead, being a, um, a European mindset, 
<laughs> went full ball pretty much straight away. And over, I think it was the first week of March, I was long, so long as in I was buying Australian dollar yep. over the Japanese yen, mm-hmm. the Swedish chief, mm-hmm. and the US dollar. Now, to, for anyone that doesn't really know too much about Forex, the chief and the yen are like safe haven currencies. Yeah, yeah. So when things go a bit pear-shaped, they appreciate in value. Uh, now, being long, the chief and the yen means I've got no diversification. I'm exposed on one way and one way only. Where if there's something that goes wrong, which sadly it was that weekend, the chief and the, the, the yen would appreciate together. Mm-hmm. And in that period of time, I was also short European um, British pound and I was also long USD CAD. CAD and the Aussie dollar, they're commodity-based um, currencies. Mm-hmm. They tend to correlate quite closely as well. So literally I'm exposed one way. I've got no diversification whatsoever for the other way. Okay. And extremely heavily as well. Monday, opened the positions on Monday, never held anything over a weekend pretty much before. Like very rarely would hold things over weekends. And you did it this time. And yeah, did it this time. Monday, opened the positions, did well Monday night. Tuesday, Wednesday started to dip. I was in drawdown on Wednesday. Thursday was sort of a sideways sort of um, day and I was in drawdown still. And I thought, you know what, I'll hold it this weekend. It should come good next week. Massive mistake. And that's where um, trading would just throw you um, straight into a dark area. Monday opened. Um, gapping down, which a gap is, uh, we'll explain it, what a gap is in a sec, but gap, most of these gap down 1.5%. Doesn't sound like a lot, but um, with a leverage product of 200 to 1, mm. I was a margin call on Monday morning. Of course you were. Yeah. So, um, and, and just to explain what a gap, yeah, just to explain what a gap is, a gap, let's say we bought a, Australian, like a, a share for a dollar, and we held it on a, let's say we bought it for a dollar on Friday. Mm-hmm. And then let's say um, Monday open, no one wants to buy for, no one wants to buy or sell for a dollar. They all want to sell for 90 cents, let's just say. Um, and the next, the opening price would be 90 cents. There's a 10 cent gap there. You're not filled at the price you want to be filled at. You're filled if you're in a, in a if you want to sell and open, you're filled at that next best price, which is 10 cents, the negative. That's called a gap. Mm-hmm. So when the, all five positions pretty much gapped on me um, with extreme leverage. So that was a horror story. There you it, go, it, wiped out, it wiped out six months of gains. So, so you mate, you've, got, you've got cojones. So you're not only like day trading, which is risky enough, but you're leveraging up to day trade as well. That's right. That's yeah, people it's all don't realize that when, when you're leveraging up, you're using someone else's money. So you're exposing yourself That's to right. a whole lot more. It's like if you buy a property with cash, well, property goes up and down, it doesn't matter. If you, bought, if you borrow money from a bank and the property goes up and down, then the bank might one day come knocking at your door and go, hey, that's right. I'll get some money back. So the volatility in your portfolio would be huge. But anyway, hey, that's why I love what you do. Like I've got to take a <laughs> because I can't do that stuff. Like I understand I'll take risks in my portfolio and I'm already losing my hair. <laughs> uh, there's there's risks involved, but... Yeah, there's risks involved, but there's a lot of, you know, over time, there's a lot of uh, things that I've learned to mitigate the risk. And as I said, one of the things that I learned from that disaster, you know, that's my own black swan event. Yep. Um, one, of the, one of the things that I've learned from that disaster is there's no more hold over weekend is, is like the number one thing on my training plan. After that week, a yep. weekend, as I said, sent me into a really dark place, yep. a lot of hard work gone. Mm-hmm. You, you will hit the books and redefine your whole trading plan to become better and better. And that's what I've done. And 
there's a lot of rules that I've got now that I didn't have before that, that have probably, they, they will save me now if anything else happens. So I believe that once something goes wrong, you can only learn. Um, I, had a, I, had a right. bus- I had a business block from terrible business partners in the past. And now I do shareholders agreement whenever I get into a new business. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. You know, and even, even the shareholding stories, you know, I used to try and um, do what you did and buy, and buy shares when they went down just because the share price went bad and it was a decent company. But without looking at the fundamentals, I was like, oh, don't worry about it. It'll take care of itself, but it doesn't necessarily do yeah. that. But you're right. Your, your brain starts to change as soon as you something goes wrong and your, your current, I guess, method of doing things is tested. You go, I need to snap out of it. I need to be better next time. That'll make you a better trader. It'll make you a better person, everything. It does. We, we, only, we only become better because of these, these hurdles and hiccups. That's, that goes for any job. I mean, as a spark is an apprentice, you know. Uh, when did I learn the, when did I learn my lessons? When I copped the shock. <laughs> so that's, you know, and, and that's where you learn your lessons, sadly. But, um, and it's like, it's everything that we do, isn't it? Uh, and that's where I've learned. Uh, and every single thing that I've put together in a trading plan is redefine, re- refining and then defining better ways of doing them. So. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Now, speaking of shocks, so, so I'm a financial tax advisor. So I speak to a lot of people that might be day traders. And what yeah. they don't realize is that if you if you are a day trader or you trade on things and you sell them before the twelve month period is up, you are taxed on that whole gain. Yep. Whereas if you, you hold are. longer than twelve months, you can treat it as a capital gain. You might be able to claim partly a tax a tax discount or a fifty percent capital gains tax discount. Man, so that's something you've got to watch in your portfolio. I could imagine that if you do, you know, day trade, I guess you can offset the losses, the the, the profits with the losses, um, which is okay. But come tax time. That's tricky because you've got to monitor all your yeah. trades and everything like that. You're running a business essentially in your own name. You are, yeah. And and uh, we always try to make money, don't we? We don't want to yeah, offset yeah, yeah. losses every year. Otherwise, we don't move anywhere. That's what taxes are. Really, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, I've got a really great accountant. He's really savvy with this sort of stuff. Um, he's traded in the past. He was, he was a trader many years ago, so he's really great. Uh, I went looking for a, a, a trade a savvy accountant 100%. and I document everything. I've got, you know, all my statements are all in Excel. Um, I've got a very thorough documenting. Um, and as you said, you don't get that capital gains discount. Yeah. Uh, look, 2019, I was only net, net break even from my mistakes in 15 and 16. Yep. And, but as of uh, June, June this year, so after mid year, we'll be setting up a really uh, comprehensive, uh, hopefully business structure. Yep, to take forward for next year. So that's all with the professionals. I'm not an accountant. So that's smart. Yeah. That's smart. You use them and keep it to the professionals. Because you've got to remain <laughs> organized. You've got to remain organized. You do. You've got to keep a good yeah. track record because otherwise you come tax time and you're scrambling trying to find everything you did and you don't remember it. Yeah. But other than taxes, look, day trading, this has been, it's, it's talked about so much because so many people want to get into the stock market because as you said, you can get in and out with small amounts of cash you try and make short profits and a lot of people see that in times of volatility, it's a great time to get in. But let's talk about, so day trading, what you do, what personality traits do you think someone needs to have in order to be a day trader? Yeah, that's a really good question. And let's go straight to yourself. You need to look at yourself in the mirror, right? You need to know when you're wrong. You need to keep the ego out of it. Uh, there's a lot of people that will place it. You know, I've met a lot of people on the journey that will place a trade and they don't want to be wrong mm-hmm. and they'll leave it open until they're right. That's a hurdle. That's a, the biggest, the market will give you money. The market's a, a, a fountain of money. It's if you're number one, good enough to go take it. But number two, are you disciplined enough to take it? 
So the first trait is discipline, is your, yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror when you're wrong and improve. That was the one thing that I had to learn uh, in the first couple of years and that's yeah. why I hit the books. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's number one. Uh, the second is resilience. You, you need to be so resilient because you want to get knocked down nine times out of ten. It's very hard uh, to be a day trader. Yep. You're against, we talked, spoke about it before, you're against market makers, fund managers, instos, you're against algorithms that have been built by the best of the best. Uh, you're got commission on top of that. You've got interest overnight if you want to hold anything overnight for these uh, forex trades. You, you factor all these things in and let's say you're right 60% of the time, you don't make money. You need to have a very good strategy that might give you a risk reward of you know, one to two or one to three with 60% strike to make money. So a lot of things are against you. So you need to be resilient because you're going to get knocked down and what worked today may not work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get knocked down and you've got to come back bigger and better. So that's resilience. You need to be passionate because every single moment that I ever had spare went to this. Uh, gave up all my hobbies, gave up all, pretty much all my time that I had to do this for you know, nearly four or five years now. And it you know, took three or four years to, to get to where I am. So you need to be extremely passionate. Methodical was something that I had to learn the hard way. I had bad habits before yeah. trading, really bad habits. I wouldn't keep any diaries, journals of, of anything. Now I'm, you know, 2019 became, and again, thanks to my, my, um, my old boss for giving me time to focus on these sort of things, but I built structure. When I wake up, meditate, mm. plan, what did the overseas markets do? What did this do? create a short list. Everything is planned one after another. That's methodical. That's how you succeed in this. Journaling when you do that. Mm-hmm. Every single positive and negative of the day, I'm journaling about it, writing how can do become better the next day. Yeah. So that's methodical. And that's where discipline comes from. That's another trait is being extremely disciplined. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Two really important ones are problem solving. So you need to have a, a, a mind to problem solve what's going on. Yep. You need to be able to read the macro, the micro news and, and get, a, a, I guess, a picture of what's happening. And there's a lot of books that can help you with that. The other thing is being proactive. The market will evolve. It's either going to take you, you're going to go with it or you're going to be left behind. Yeah. So proactive. As I said, in December, things changed in the Forex market. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things that I was doing weren't, wasn't, weren't working. I had to adapt and evolve with that market. You find different plays. You find different structures. Algorithms get turned off and they get turned back on over Christmas. Um, People go to sleep. People, you know, institutions have time off. The patterns will change. The structure will change. Nothing happens today is guaranteed tomorrow. So being proactive in everything that you do in trading intraday will make you six. Will, you'll become successful if you do all those things that I just said. You know, all You're those just going to be added. It's, it's yeah. any successful people, person that you speak to anyone encompass all those traits because successful people are constantly pushing boundaries, wanting to better themselves, wanting to make sure that whatever they're doing is the best thing they can possibly do. And they're not the type of person just to roll with the punches. That's which right. Is, which is extremely good. Most of the people listening to this podcast will be that kind of person as well. Mate, that's been extremely insightful. The 
the day trading part of it still blows my mind a little bit. But yeah. you, look, you take you're taking risks. Um, risk and reward is probably a big thing that I've taken out of this. Is that while you can take some big risks and there can be some benefits or an, an easy an apple will pick up the tree, there are some risks that come with that, and there might be a tidal wave that comes and knocks you out. So you just got to be resilient, get back up, back on your feet, and go for it again. And be prepared. If you're going to lose that money, be prepared to go back in and go back in and go back in. That's right. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's, a, that's a key thing. Everyone's going to understand, focus on the risk, focus on mitigating the risk mm-hmm. and the money will take care of itself. That's one. And number two, just get professional guidance or professional help with, you know, accounting and all those, those things that you don't know about get the advice for it or go, go seek professional advice for it. And you become or like a, you'll become better at what you're doing in any financial industry just from getting the right advice. So that's definitely number one. hundred percent. So mate, look, I want to say thank you so much for, for chatting with me, Santo. Been an amazing conversation. Thank you very much for having me. For all you people out there listening, if you've got any comments, feel free to, feel free to leave a comment behind or reach out to me, Stefan at angeladvisory.com.au. Um, a lovely chat, mate. This would be for, you know, those risk takers who might be out there. Uh, Hopefully, you don't have to go work on the tools anytime soon. Yeah, hopefully not. And <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. We'll sign it off there. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Sunday Thanks, Stefan. Okay. Thank you very much. Enjoy your day. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Investor Types podcast. What I want to remind you is that everything you heard in this podcast is general advice only. Please don't consider it as personal advice. If you do want to consider, consider it as being personal advice, please go and speak to your licensed financial planner. Everything here is just informational purposes only. Take it as you will. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks again for tuning in. See you soon.